Hey, are you okay? You have been staring at the ceiling for more than an hour. You have beaten your personal record of 45 minutes. Do I have to worry? Cochrane looked down and met Carmenate's genuinely concerned eyes. He smiled at him and cleared his throat. Have you ever felt on the edge of an abyss with the feeling that if you were to throw yourself down nothing bad would happen to you. Kamenate frowned. In a few seconds he saw images of yet another transfer. This time due to the temporary insanity of his boss. Another memorable milestone in his career in the FBI. Then, trying to look beyond the evidence, he put a hand on Cochrane's shoulder. Let's say that, since they assigned me to you, I have observed several chasms and we're still here. Come on, I'll offer you a beer and if you want, I'm ready to listen to everything in your head without prejudice. I swear. Carmenate was capable of a disarming sincerity which reached straight to Cochrane's heart just at moments when Cochrane wanted to put his heart aside. After a couple of Budweiser's Cochrane had summarized his progress and the thousands of related perplexities. First, the accidental encounter with the beautiful Harvey. Carmenate mentally repeated to himself not to dismiss Cochrane's fragments of reasoning or unreasoning as well as ravings, but to listen and give credit to open his mind and heart to every possible answer. After all, it was said this was the very essence of working on impossible cases and Cochrane was number one then in my opinion, you have to go 
by exclusion. Carminati broke the hesitation. Superheroes do not exist. So we are faced with an alien being, a genetically enhanced human, or Carminati stopped abruptly, short of hypotheses and definitions. But in that vacant and suspended space, Cochrane's mind jumped forward, or rather, backward. Or, we have to go and visit an old friend of mine, one who is familiar with the impossible. Carmenate finished his third beer. Where should we go? Cochrane smiled. Not too far, but we have to wait for night to fall. My friend has strange habits. Carmenate did not even try to investigate. Come on, I know where we can keep up for a while. He told him as he paid the bill. Cochrane felt strangely calm and was relying on the gentle patience of his young colleague. So, he had nothing to complain about when he found himself in the dance school of Comanate's parents, welcomed as one of the family and embraced by all her relatives with sincere warmth. The energy of that place was tangible and in some ways intoxicating. There was a small orchestra playing live. The bar at the back of the hall was full of clients taking a break between one dance and another, while the floor saw couples of all ages dancing as if there was no tomorrow. Cochrane was genuinely impressed and felt happy for not having hindered Carmenate's initiative. Sitting at the bar Enjoying the show, and an exceptional Cuba Libra, Cochrane watched his colleague dance a rumba with his mother, a middle-aged woman, still very beautiful, and who danced with the firmness of a teacher and the lightness of a little girl. Carmenate's father on the other hand, watch them from the bar counter, betraying a certain pride. Cochrane smiled, thinking that, after all, for some, the American dream 
has come true. The band was playing a more verdadero when another couple showed up on the doorstep of the club. She was literally dragging someone in. Someone who seemed to have no desire to be there at that moment. The young woman was trying hard to get him to come in. And even if Cochrane couldn't hear anything she was saying, that woman's silhouette, that woman's body language, was more than eloquent. At the end of the little bickering, the two had finally entered the club and the soft light had revealed their features. The man was rushing to the bar to avoid any involvement on the dance floor and Cochrane had the opportunity to observe him well. He understood that it was one of the two superheroes for Cochrane's attention was now entirely focused on the woman, on his Harvey. Without even thinking about it, Cochrane reached Carmen Arte in the centre of the dance floor, whispering to him not to lose sight of the guy who had just sat down at the bar. Then, just as the orchestra had attacked Guajira Guantanamira, he made sure to find himself in front of Cassandra, holding out his hand to invite her to dance. Cassandra looked into his eyes and decided to face her fate. The two began to dance as if they had done nothing else in life, creating a vacuum around them and arousing the admiration of all the other dancers on the floor. Kalmanate's father had just served Pat a mojito special and another beer to his son who sat next to him. Esa chica bela beautifully. Esas dos son una pareja hermosa de baran inscribirse on las carreras, he had said aloud. Pat sighed, thinking that, after all, they would find a way out of trouble once again. Then Carmenate's mother came forward and invited him to dance. Senor, this is a dance school. Never let it be that you leave without trying, she told him. Pat took a look 
a Cassandra and her dance partner. They both seemed happy and free, and he imagined for a few moments that sooner or later he too would find a way to return to himself wherever he was left behind. This is the most dangerous thing I have ever done, Cochrane said, holding Cassandra against his chest and never stopping the dance. I can say the same, Cassandra replied, almost laughing. What's your name? Cassandra. Yours? Gareth. The music stopped, and Cassandra released Cochrane's hand. He looked into her eyes and smiled at her, and she had caught the similar desperate need for normality. In all that madness, I would like to see you again, Cassandra. Just tell me where and when. Cassandra looked around her and finally met Pat's gaze again. He was now lost in the arms of Carmenate's mother. Let's meet here. Let's say between Friday and Saturday. Cochrane nodded and walked away, joining Carmenate at the bar. Did you take the man's glass for the DNA? Of course. Here, have this hair sample too. We need the results in less than two hours. A simple job for the FBI lab, I suppose, he told him, still inebriated by the scent that Cassandra left on him. Pat had reached Cassandra, ready to leave, and with the turmoil in his heart, while she seemed in a trance, isolated in her thoughts. Let's go to the hotel, he told her, accompanying her out. And I'm afraid we will have to talk seriously, you and I. Cassandra looked at him in surprise, then smiled at him. Yes, you are right. You are always right. I promise we will talk. Pat smiled too. So now... We also know that you can dance the rumba beautifully.